0: This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the mums that are in the house this morning. Hands up all your mums. Well done. You do a fantastic job every year, don't I know it? Because I'm a dad and I'm married to a mum, not my mum. I'm married to a mum, we had uh, kids together. You know, it's so, so difficult sometimes to just simply trust God, isn't it? I've got a message for you this morning that will hopefully encourage you as a mum, but it's equally applicable as a dad when we talk about our kids. There is probably no greater challenge in life than to trust God with our kids, with our children. You know, people used to ask my mother... What I would be when I would grow up, and she would say, "I think it'll be about 48. I think by the time he actually grows up." And you know, my life—I wasn't particularly intelligent in school. I was a kind of child that didn't kind of fall behind, if you know what I mean. I was being lapped by everyone, you know, in in my upbringing. But it's so so difficult, isn't it, raising kids because they don't come with a manual, do they? My three children, my three girls, didn't come with a manual. And it's manual. And it's so, so difficult to just trust God sometimes for our children. There was a guy who loved mountain biking. And he loved going up any of the outdoors and jumping on his- bike and peddling right crazy and one day he's on his mountain bike and he comes down near the cliff that's on the bottom leaning into the ocean and as he comes down this turn he takes it a little bit wide he's struggling to keep on his mountain bike and guess what happens he goes th- so near the cliff that guess what happened he fell over the cliff him and his bike he slid and sh- sideways he went and the bike went over the cliff and he's falling down and he's as he's falling down he cries out help I think he's coming ah, as he falls down and guess what he reaches out and he catches a branch on the way down and he catches a hold of this branch and he manages to hit it and he manages to hang, a, hang there on the branch and he looks up and he can't see a way up and he looks down and he can't find a way down so in the end he starts shouting out in a loud voice oh. hey, look if you were on a cliff hanging off a branch you'd actually <laughs> say help would you He's there, hanging on the branch, and he shouts out. Okay, that's a little bit better. Come on, he's on the branch, hanging on for dear life. He shouts out. And there's nothing. So he shouts out again. And there comes a voice from the heavens that says, It is I, the Lord God. He can't believe this. He's on a branch and God is speaking. So he says, Can you help me, Lord? And the voice comes back from the heavens. Trust me. Let go of the branch. He looks down. And he looks up. And he thinks for a while. And then he shouts out, Is there anybody else out there? (laughs) Because it's so difficult to simply trust sometimes, isn't it? And when it comes to our children, it's difficult, very, very difficult to trust. The scripture I want to share with you today is an unusual scripture. And it's to be found in Psalm 145 and verse 4. This is one of my favorite psalms. It's such a privilege of me to preach from one of my favorite psalms. It'll be on screen for you to follow. But I just want you to follow with me. And then we are going to focus on verse 4, and I'm going to give you the backstory from a story that's to be found in Exodus Exodus chapter 2. If you've got your Bible with me, if it's on your phone, or you've got a new version Bible that you've downloaded uh, off of uh, your app store, follow me as we turn to Psalm 1454. If you're here in church this morning, it's on screen for you to follow. It says this, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate he's slow to anger and rich in love the lord is good to all he has compassion on all he has made all you have made will praise you O lord your saints will extol you they will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generation the lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made the lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down the eyes of all look to you may god bless his word to us this morning I want us to meditate, if we can, for just a short uh, period of time together on this this that's to be found in Psalm 145, verse 4. One of my favorite verses that says, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. Come on, let's share it again. Great verse. Psalm 145, verse 4. One generation will commend your works to another they will tell of your mighty acts isn't god good come on let's pray father god we thank you for your word lord the psalmist writes in psalm 119 that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path Lord, in this area of raising our kids and in this area of being a mum and a dad, as we just look to the Scriptures today of some of the challenges that come with that, that. Lord, I pray today that you would light a path for us to navigate through life. That as we look at Scripture, that you would teach us today how we can trust in you. How we should celebrate the miracles when when they come our way. And that we should, above all things, understand, understand O oh God, that you have a plan for us and our lives. And that we see the big picture in all that you do. Will you bless our time together, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My message is simply entitled this morning, God has a plan. God has a plan. I'll say it again, God has has a plan it's not a baldrick plan have you ever heard about a baldrick plan where he would come and that famous uh <laughs> series that was on tv that baldrick uh, would come and say i have a cunning plan and if you've watched uh, uh what's the tv t- i'm trying to remember blackadder. blackadder that's it it lost the train of thought from me if you watched blackadder you will know that Baldrick is always coming up with a cunning plan that just does not make sense, is stupid, and it's like it's not a good plan at all. But God has a great, great plan for your life. Do you know that? God has a great, great plan for your life and for your family. But a lot of the time, when experiences come our way, we don't think that it's a great plan, do we? Okay, it's just me that thinks that then. It's just me that looks at the children sometimes and I say, God, you know, it was lovely in the delivery room. Wasn't it? When the baby came out and Caris oh, and, and Fionn and Sarah. You know, Fion was born and the registrar, as you know, Ruth had a, a caesarean section on all three of our children. Not that she's too posh to push. It's not that at all. Okay? It's just that uh, there was kind of 24 hours of labor and nothing happening with uh, Caris. And so in the end, she had to go under the surgeon's knife. Thank God for that blessing because Ruth probably would have lost her life and were it not for her marvels of medicine. I would not have Ruth or Karis or the other two children today because God has a plan, hasn't He? And so Fion was born. And when the registrar was operating, guess what music was playing on the radio? I was born to make you happy. <laughs> and I was trying to hold back the tears as I held Fion. Little did I know that she brought other tears into my life on occasions. Tears of, for goodness sake, as we watched that video. Like, Lord, because children come with all the challenges that come with them, don't they, mums? Yeah. Don't they, dads? Yeah. But God has a plan. And we can read in Exodus chapter 2, we can read of a woman called Jockey Bed. What a great name. Are there any Jockey Beds in the house today? No, I didn't think so. Is it odd Miriam, odd Aaron, the odd Moses. But I've never, ever met a woman called Jockey Bed. Would she ride a horse if she was born today? Maybe she would. But uh, would she ride a horse on a bed? No, I don't know. My mind's going off on crazy stuff this morning. But Jockey Bed had a baby, and the baby's name was Jesus. Moses. You know your Bible. And so in Exodus chapter 1, we can read the story of where Pharaoh passes an edict because Joseph had brought the whole children of Israel, he brought the whole family down to Egypt, and they found themselves after Joseph's time, after he'd done so many things to save them all from starvation and done so, so many wonderful things for the nation. Exodus chapter 1 says that there rose a king There was a pharaoh, we think it might be Ramesses, some historians write about it, and (coughs) he didn't know the good things that Joseph has done. That's why it's important that in all we do, one generation commends another's works to another, and because they had failed to communicate all the good that Joseph has done, it had been lost and so we find ourselves here in Exodus chapter 2 where Pharaoh's decided because all the Israelites are getting so strong and because they are so numerous, he feels that they're becoming a threat to them as, a na- as the nation of Egypt. And so he passes an edict that every young baby boy born should be put to death. And so Jochebed finds herself in Exodus chapter 2 in this really difficult situation where Joseph, uh, Moses, her baby boy, is going to be put to death if she doesn't come up with a plan because he's going to lose a life. And how many, woman, how many women want to lose the life of their sons? So turning me to Exodus chapter 2, and I'll just read these 10 verses, 10 short verses that tell us the whole of this story in small uh, in a small couple of sentences. Now, the ma- now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child. Like there's very few mothers that's going to say anything other than that, isn't it? Oh, I look about you. Oh, he's an ugly one. I've never heard that happen. I just find that amusing. You know? And she gave birth to a son. And when she, saw that he, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent uh, sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. Thank you. Lost my train of thought, you know. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you yes go she answered and the girl went and got the baby's mother pharaoh's daughter said to her take this baby and nurse him for me and i will pay you how cool is that how many of you mums get paid to do the job she did that's really really cool isn't it when the child grew older she took him to pharaoh's daughter and he became her son she named him moses saying i drew him out of the water you see god has a plan god always has a plan and we can romanticize over this scripture in fact a lot of us as children when we learned this story you know moses and the bulrushes we romanticize over it it's not a good story is it I mean, if you wanted to, we could have an interview with Jockeybet, And to say, look, Jock, can I call you Jock? Yes. Seems wrong calling a woman Jock, but I'll call you Jock. Look, Jock, what was it like? What do you think she would say? What do you think she would say? We would talk about it. What did you feel like when you're trying to keep the baby quiet? When you're trying to say kind of, uh, shh, shh. moses trying to keep him quiet so that nobody would find out that she's hiding the baby the stress and in the end it gets so much that she thinks to herself i've got no choice but to play a little bit of luck maybe here if i put him in the basket and i put the lid on it and and put him on the water who knows what will happen if they find him they might kill him i i I don't know what an interview would go like do you but I know probably what that pain would be like to ask God to intervene in a situation or a circumstance that you can't control. God has a plan. First thing I want you to know today, step one, lessons from Jockey Bed. Number one, trust God. Trust God. Say it with me. Trust god you might be having to trust god today for the health of your children you might be having to trust them for so many different things i mean you hope your children make good decisions don't you look i'm just being real with you i'm a bloke i'm a man and i've got three girls how do you think i warm to the thoughts of my girls dating someone else do you think it's something I enjoy with? I've got a friend of mine, Darren Bush, and he said he's never had problems with anybody dating his girls whatsoever. He's got a shotgun license. And so what he does is he makes sure that whenever any of his girls bring one of the boys back to the home, he makes sure that he's there in the kitchen <laughs> polishing his gun. <laughs> and he says, Morning, son. You all right? Yes. Yeah. You're her boyfriend, are you? (laughs) Yeah. says, yeah. What time is she going to be in tonight? 11 o'clock? He says, yeah, uh, yeah. 11 o'clock. She'll be in at 11. Yeah. (laughs) He gets no problems at all with boys dating his girls. I'm a little bit like that. So down the years, you try to train your children. What does the Bible say? Teach a child when they are young and when they're old, they will not depart from it. So all of us, we try to teach our children to make good choices. And it's easy for us to do that, isn't it, as parents? Because we teach them to do all the choices that we didn't do. We teach them to work hard at school because we didn't. We teach them to eat all their greens because we didn't. We teach them all the stuff that we, in the fullness of time and maturity, learned that was bad for us. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to our children, you simply have to just trust God and to teach your children. Mums, can you trust God for your kids? No, can you really do it for their health? for their careers, for the partner that they will choose for life, for when they move away from home and go away to university. Andrea, you've got it coming up soon. Can you trust God with Joe? It's a real, real challenge in life for us to just let go because God has a plan. Can you do it? Can you do it? Put Moses in the basket. Let him go because I promise you this. God has a plan for your children. God has a plan for your life. And we don't know the end from the beginning. So God has a plan. First thing, we trust God. What do we do? The second thing that we do is we learn to celebrate the miracles. What is it we do? Celebrate the miracles. Do you know why I'm saying that? Because 80 to 90% of parenting... Is a drudge, isn't it? Or oh, is it just me that thinks that? That trying to do all of those things in the video, get a school, wash your face, put your shoes away, get your bag, where's your food? You know, all of this stuff. That, in fact, food, you haven't eaten your food. Eat your food. You know, all the stuff that goes on all the time. And we learn to celebrate, don't we? When they are young. Oh! <laughs> oh well done. Carrie said, all her greens. Oh! Like, how mad is that, the things that we do? Or the little race, don't we? Oh, they got across the finishing line, didn't they? When the little duds, you know, when they're older, we say, hey, why were you first, son? <laughs> but when the little duds, it's just a fact that they got to the end of the, the, the school race without tripping over and dumping the grass with their face plant stuff and all of that. But we say, oh, Carrie, she finished the race. Yeah, she didn't get through the ribbon, she was like one of the. But she got through, you know. Whereas with Theon, bang, boom, <coughs> she's straight through there, and we're all going, "Hey, I'm going. That's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> That's my Theon, that is." You know what I mean? Look at it. Went through. But I tell you what, great. But all the celebrating of all of that success would then be: eat your food, eat your greens, put your clothes away, learn to celebrate celebrate god's goodness and celebrate the miracles so when they come thank your kids and i'm sure for her she was celebrating one great miracle and the miracle was probably that she got a paid gig raising her own uh son that probably wasn't it just the fact that moses was alive that was reason number one to celebrate number two The fact that she got to be a part of his life, because can you imagine if he was being raised in the palace and she couldn't see her son? Can you imagine that? what a thing to celebrate is that and thirdly that she gets paid for the gig how cool is that like reasons to celebrate have you got reasons to celebrate what god is doing amongst your children today if you haven't get a better perspective get an effective perspective develop an attitude of gratitude and say lord i thank you for what you're doing the number of times i would sometimes go into the child's bedrooms at night and i would look at Fion, and I I mention Fion a lot because she's the child in my family that's like me, little rebel. But I would go into Fion's bedroom and she would be sleeping soundly asleep, like that. By about two o'clock in the morning. And I would go in and I would celebrate the fact that she's sleeping because 11 o'clock she'd be just jumping on the bed and... And, cel- and I'd learned to develop an attitude of gratitude, of celebrating all the little things that got on in the mundane. If you're raising kids, and they, particularly when they're young, love on them, but can you church and parents and mums and dads learn to understand that God has a plan? And in God's plan, first of all, we trust Him. We trust Him. Secondly, that we celebrate the miracles that come our way and then the last point that we can learn from this scripture is learn to see the big picture learn to see the big picture you know when the fascinating stories about professor Heinrich any of you heard of Professor Heinrich. In fact, some of you here can take a guess that he is the inventor of something, a particular manoeuvre. Anybody want to guess what it is? The Heimlich manoeuvre. And do you know that his life, if you Google it, his life was once saved by somebody performing that manoeuvre on him. The irony of it, I think he was in his 80s or in his 90s and he's dining at at a public event and in the end he's choking and somebody does the Heimlich manoeuvre on him and saves his life. Thank God for Professor Heimlich, yeah, that has taught us those things. Now when he was born, did his mother know that he was going to be a person that saved that many lives? Antibiotics and its invention. Or discovery, I should say, rather than this event. There are so many things in our universe today that we don't know who's going to invent it. I really believe there will be a cure for cancer one day. How many of you believe that we will do it one day? I believe we will get there one day, that by God's grace, that we can learn so much more about how cells die and how they regenerate, etc., etc., and that we will get ourselves a cure. Who knows... That you might be the parent of somebody that does that today, here. Because, you see, she had learned to see the big picture. She saw that God has a plan. And the reason she knew that is she was a Levite. And she was a Levite, and the Bible makes it clear that the Levites understood that they had a particular place in God's heart. They were ones that led in worship. They were ones that did so many different things. And if you were a Levite, it would affect the way you would think. You would think eternal consequences to situations and circumstances. And so she finds herself does jockey bed with this little baby that in the end she puts him in the bulrushes in the basket, saying, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to put him here. And secondly, then over the years, she had learned to celebrate the miracles. As he grew up and as he became stronger, she learned to celebrate everything about it, that she got to spend time with him, that he was having the best education ever in the palace, that he was having food to eat that she could only dream about back home. And God was doing something. He was preparing one of the greatest leaders that ever walked the face of this earth you see God has a plan and part of our misunderstanding in God's plan sometimes is we don't know what tomorrow brings we don't know what the day after brings but God's got a plan all we've got to do is just trust him all we've got to do is just celebrate the small victories and celebrate the miracles when they come and just take our children and to say God I'm giving them to you because I know you have a plan for their life. And Moses grew up to be a strong, educated young man He was mightily of God and set so many people free from slavery. Can you see the big picture? Can you? Can you see the big picture? You know, you might be in God's house this morning as we close and you might have a prayer on your heart that's maybe for your son or for your daughter. Right now, they might be in your thinking a million miles away from God's plan. They might be doing their own thing. They don't want anything to do with God. They they might even laugh and mock you. But God has a plan. Can you trust him? You trust him. You might be here this morning with a baby that's ill or a, a child that's ill, and you might be saying, "Lord, what, what is this?" You know, what happens in situations like that? You find yourself around the healthiest kids in life sometimes, don't you? And you find yourself in a situation you're saying, "God, what are you doing here for me? Can you just trust God and celebrate the small miracles when they come? Take E a trow. take one day at a time and just pray for your children and entrust them to God. And particularly as I was praying this week, for those of you that desperately want a child, for those of you maybe that are listening online and you want so much to have a child, will you trust God? Just trust God, just carry on serving Him, carry on honoring, Him, just live your life and just say god this is the path that you have for me i'm just gonna chill i'm just gonna walk in it i'm just gonna relax and we just say god will you be god in my situation <laughs> if that's you can you do that and just trust god because it's tough isn't it is it tough because i'll close because we laughed at the story to start with of the guy falling off his mountain bike and hanging by the end of the tree on the branch, on the cliff, and shouting up, can you help me? And that's the Christian walk, church, is to let go of the branch. Let go of the physical things in life. Let go of maybe our finances. Let go of everything that we've got in our lives. Because this is what I want to finish by saying. You're in control of nothing. You think about it. The next breath you take is given you by God's grace. By God's grace. The next beat your heartbeat takes is given you by God's grace. I mean, I don't want to be not morbid at all, but you could keel over and die of a heart attack in church here right now. That's the reality of it. Like I'm trying not to be morbid, but that happens to people every day. Heart disease is the number one killer in the Western world. You're in control of nothing. Nothing! Absolutely nothing. And so for my own life, it was something that I'd have come to terms with years and years ago, is to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you for my wife. You know, when Ruth doesn't know this, I'm telling Ruth something that she doesn't know for 27 years that I've been doing. Every morning when I wake up, I say, good morning, Lord. Some people wake up because they went to bed late they wake up and they go good lord it's morning (laughs) but i wake up and i say good morning lord i mean those of you know i should be dead i shouldn't be here tb falling off ladders all the stuff that's happened to me in life life's a gift i shouldn't be here but every morning i wake up and i say good morning lord i know i've always done it i've always reached across to ruth and she's breathing and she's alive strange thing that I've always done and I say Lord thank you for one more day you're giving me with Ruth and the reason I do that is I remember when my father when Ruth and I got married my father used this little phrase is a kofia he ben thig he tea. he said that which in Welsh means she's only lent to you you're only borrowing her I don't own Ruth i am loaned her for a period of time. For 27 years, she's been on loan to me. Isn't that great? And we have very little control over any of our lives. But can you trust him? Because I promise you, God has a plan. Come on, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God... We love the story of Jesus. We love the story of Jesus because, Lord, the Bible is your story about us. And the story that includes Moses and the prophets and the priests and the kings, everything pointing in the Old Testament to the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, who is our prophet, our priest, and our king, and how he came and died so that we could have this life that we have today. And Lord, you teach us how to live. Lord, we read the writings of the apostles of Paul, Lord, of Peter, and James, and John, and so many others of how we can live a blessed life if we trust you for every aspect of our life. So, Lord, today, our first words are to thank you for Jesus, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. And it's in the name of Jesus that we come this morning and say, Oh, God, for mothers that are in this house today and fathers that are in this house today, Lord, as they celebrate Mother's Day together, Lord, will you help every parent here in this room to understand that you have a plan for their lives. Help them to trust you against all the odds. Give them a power and give them a resiliency that they stand on God's word and that they will not be turned because they know, oh God, that you work through generations. One generation will commend another's works to another and tell of his mighty acts. And Lord, that we would learn to celebrate the miracles when you show up and when you do amazing things. Lord, that we would learn to have an attitude of gratitude. But above all of these things, help us, O God, to see the big picture of what you're doing in our lives through through the struggles and the strains, through the hills and the valleys of life, that we might live a life that honors you. So, Lord, I pray for three people, in particular in this house. Lord, I pray for those mothers that are yearning for children, those mums and dads that have not been blessed. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would open wombs, Lord, that you would bring growth and fertility and health to people in this house and those listening online now. Lord, that you would bless them. Lord, that within a year we would hear great stories, Lord, of how you answered prayers. They just handed everything over to you, honoured you with their lives and realised, Lord, you have a great, great plan if we just chill and go with it. Lord, secondly, for those that have children that are far from God or not following Lord, we all want our children as believers to be following you. Lord, will you help us to realize that you have an amazing plan if we would just to relax and leave it with you. Lord, thank God the prodigal came home. And Lord, I pray that in the year that's ahead, Lord, that we would see prodigals come home, that that we would see our children come to faith in Christ and follow you as we follow them. And Lord in all of these things, Lord. For those that are struggling with so many things with children, Lord, behavioral issues. Lord, health. Lord, picking partners for life, Lord. For those of us that have got teenage children and older. Lord, for those that are maybe kicking around with the wrong types of friends and although we're trying to influence it, we seem powerless to do so. Oh God, can we just pray for our children and Lord, know that we can trust you with their care that there is a great big plan that you have that we know nothing about. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks and we give you praise and glory. Amen. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269